This is the Financial Coconut Podcast, Singapore's first personal finance podcast network. I'm your host, Reggie, aka Your Chief Financial Coconut, and every Tuesday, you'll be joining me on my personal segment, First Dips, where I bring you through some of the latest, most interesting ideas in the personal finance space, hoping you inch closer to the life you love while managing your finances well. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey coconuts, happy Labor Day. Yes, uh, it's last week lah, by right, right? <laughs> and by right, right, today's topic should go out last week, you know, but I had a creative block, man. Like, hundreds of episodes in, we're reaching our 200th episode. Like, what else do you want me to talk about? And I always feel like I need to kill the show. It's like, there's nothing to talk about anymore, right? And then I had to meet other creatives, right? So I met Keith from Investment Modes. Shout out to investmentmodes.com. One of the best personal finance blogs in Singapore. It's a bit heavy, lah. It's not for the fun, lighthearted read. But if you want, you know, things that are well-written, well-thought through, you know, a lot a lot more rigorous, you can check out his blog. And while I was talking to him, and we talked, talk, 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 you know, and, and I had this idea, it's like, oh yeah, we should talk a little bit about the cost of work. Because so many people, when we plan for retirement, we plan a straight line upwards, right? It's like, okay, uh, how much you spend a month? Okay, we hypothesize that on a 3% or 4% inflation, okay, it's going to eventually get to this point and then we plan for this point. It's like, oh my goodness. So expensive, you will never be able to reach. But the reality is there are many things that will drop off your monthly expenses and they can be collectively classified as the cost of work. Yeah, you may not think of it this way. Well, a lot of companies talk about cost of labor, right? Like how much you cost them. But actually going to work is very expensive also, you know? It costs you. And today we're going to talk a little bit about it. So good morning, everyone, and welcome you to another day with the Financial Coconut. In our podcast, we're debunking financial myths, discovering best financial practices, and discussing financial strategies that fits our unique life. You get it, ultimately empowering us, creating a life we love while managing our finances well. I'm your host, Reggie, aka your Chief Financial Coconut, and welcome to my Tuesday segment that I've been struggling to keep up with and constantly thinking of killing first dips, right? <laughs> so yes, welcome back. And today we're going to talk a little bit about the cost of work, right? Which is something that I think a lot of people may not think about. So yeah, hopefully after today's episode, you get a bit clearer. Like, oh yeah, maybe some of these things, right? I don't need to do anymore once I retire. And by extension means I don't need to buffer so much. So here's the thing, right? When we think about retirement, we are so bogged down by the number. Every year, every year, there's a new big number, right? And I, and I get it. It sounds crazy. It sounds scary. It sounds like you will never be able to reach. And to be fair, you may never be able to reach because objectively, some of the numbers are just off the roof relative to what you're earning and the kind of investment portfolio that you are playing with, right? So much so that even the higher earners, right? Some people that, you know, work in the banks, work in big tech, 
they are fearful. And I'm like, wow, really? Hey, bro, you make decent money, you know? And you're afraid? Oh my goodness. But, you know, as someone that lived a relative different life myself, and after meeting many people that have, quote-unquote, left the system, I think there are a few big things that we need to discuss and unpack, right? Especially revolving around the idea, of course, of work. In other words, there are actually a lot of things that you spend on that empowers you to work whether directly or indirectly. Yes, there is a cost to work, right? Directly would be things that you you definitely have to spend. Without it, you cannot work or you cannot perform up to a certain level. Indirectly would be some of the things where you kind of monetize your time and then indirectly, you have to hire someone to take care of your kids, right? Let's say something like that, right? So that is an indirect cost or even an indirect cost of healing, right? Because you have to work, you have to optimize yourself, you have to increase your productivity. Even your healing processes have to be much shorter and much, much faster, right? And uh, we'll talk a little bit about all of them today. I think at the end of the day, I want us to realize a few things. I want us to realize that time and money has quite an interesting relationship, Right, as you're on your pursuit of more money and as your pursuit on your excellence of your job, essentially you're dedicating more time, you know, onto your work. Even your rest time, you think about work, right? Even when you makan makan, like I was makaning my friends, I was like, oh yeah, this content I can do, right? So there are a lot of this kind of stuff, right? But actually, once you stop working, you have a lot more time. And when you have a lot more time, you can actually take on quote unquote less efficient ways to go about doing things. And by less efficient, it also can mean it's cheaper. It's like how you today, if you try to buy PS4, right, it'll be much cheaper than PS5, right? Of course, if you try to buy PS1, it'll be very expensive because it's considered vintage, lah, right? <laughs> that's, a different, that's a different discussion. Yeah, shout out to all you PS5 people, yeah. So I, th- I think those are the underlying things that I hope we can encapsulate today and at the end, objectively measure what you need when you retire, right? Go line by line item. I reiterate this website, whatsenough.sg. I think it's a great website. Check it out. It gives you line item, line by line. So that you get a bit more color as to like, okay, so how much do I really need? Or what's my baseline when I retire? When I no longer need to work, what do I spend when I go to work? This brings me to the first point of today's podcast, and that is the cost to impress. And yes, this is inherent in the cost of work, right? Like it or not, you have to impress. You impress people in different ways, of course, uh, based on the clothes you wear, the bags you have, the car you drive. Hey, come, let me pick you up to the next place. Wow, that will be very impressive, right? Or the fragrance you wear. Sometimes you walk past, you smell the person, mm, Jean Malone, right? It's like, yeah, you know, and then you, you walk past another person, what is some Pantene only? <laughs> But but you can smell one. There's a certain smell. And people pay for that, right? The gadgets you own, the place you dine in, or even the things you have in your head. All of which accumulate to the cost to impress. In other words, if you don't do all these things, you will be very inefficient at work, right? You will, you will not be able to be very effective in what you're trying to do, right? And some people say, oh, but I'm middle office. Well, middle office also need to do a lot of these things, one, right? It's just maybe not so intense. Or if you don't do these, then you don't get promoted. 
right? If you don't go out and network, you don't get to know other people in HR, you don't get to know other people in ops, you don't go and learn new things, how to automate, you don't learn how to manage people in a way that, you know, sometimes you got to treat them, you got to do this, you got to do that. Hey, and well and good, huh, if you have ENT budget, for all of you that don't have ENT budget, by the way, this is called entertainment budget. Right? And for a lot of people that work in quote-unquote High income brackets, right? Lawyers, bankers, especially bankers. Uh, everybody who in the bank got some sort of ENT budget. So when they treat you right, don't pay say, just take, right? <laughs> Shout out to my sponsors. I know a lot of you listen, right? So I not pay say, I just take because I know it's ENT budget, right? And and then all these add up, right? And and it's it's a big cost if you think about it, right? The new shoes that you buy every year, the new clothes you buy every year, you know, the latest gadgets and fragrances that you go for, the endless need to go and pick up to learn new things and all that. And learning new things and impressing people with your words and your brains, all them costs, right? They may not cost money because your company take on that cost so that you can continue to, quote-unquote, become more productive, you know? But it costs your life. It costs your time, right? And uh, by extension, it leads to other peripheral costs. And all these things can disappear if you don't work. I mean, have you ever wondered why the coffee shop uncle, they like don't bother dressing up? <laughs> they do not need to impress you, right? Same goes for the rich uncle and the grandma that you meet, you know, on the weekend or once in a while. They don't suddenly like, you know, spruce their hair up, you know, do makeup, everything. They don't need to impress you. You are family, right? Or you are stranger, right? There's no need for them to do any of that, right? They don't suddenly like wear and all, you know, but, but, but if you bring friends back or, you know, or there's a big gathering, suddenly you see that persona change, right? right? It's, it's very different. It's very cute, right? And, and like it or not, as humans, in order to do certain things, we try to impress others, right? Or even all these casual impression, right? They add up to you accumulating and getting things done, right? Even on the weekend where you hang out with certain people and you know that there's some sort of commercial interest that could be tied together, you will not wear how you like hang out with your friend, like your secondary school t-shirt and your shorts and you go out, right? Or your, <laughs> or your decathlon t-shirt. Maybe you will if you're confident enough like me, okay? If, if you're confident enough like me, it's like, ah, yeah. because I impress people by my brains, right? Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in every week, right? <laughs> But a lot of people, we do a lot of these things to impress and it all accumulates to us achieving what we need to do, which then is very integral in part of work. And so if there was one thing that I hope you can do after listening to this podcast, right, it's going to write down all the things that you spend on to impress, right? All the things you spend on to impress, right? And it is okay. I'm not diminishing you. I'm not judging you. I'm just helping us recognize that the many things that we spend on to impress other people are part and parcel of work and we should factor that into our cost. Especially when we take out a new job, you know, we head over to a new company or we pick up a new career, we must factor these things in. Sometimes when we go there, we paise to us. You know, like, like when you are a junior, you know, maybe you are an executive or like a supervisor and then you are moving into a manager. And then the, the, the increment right, is is minimal. You should drop it. You shouldn't take it. Change to another company, right? Because once you enter the managerial role, you're essentially managing people, right? Even more, you need to impress. Even more, you need to like be cognizant of people-people relationship, right? The jump needs to be there, right? It is so important, right? So all these adds up and I want you to think about it from this view, right? There is a cost to work and part of this cost to work is a cost to impress. And once you stop working, you no longer need to impress people. This thing can diminish massively and I hope you factor that into your retirement projection. 
And this brings me to point number two, which is the cost to healing. Yes, when you work a job, it is tiring, it is tedious, it stretches your brain and you need to heal. You need to take a break, you need to recuperate. And when you work, especially in a high intensity environment, the cost to heal is massive. And we'll talk a little bit more about this afterward from our sponsor. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Have you ever wondered why things like HIIT, you know, or CBD oil is all the hype, right? Or even vaping, right? Like it or not, I think recently there's been more coverage on vaping. To be fair, I know many people that vape. They come into my studio and they ask me, hey, can vape not? And I was like, okay. Okay, la, you vape, la, never mind. La. You know, it's, it's not going to smelly the place. It's not like smoking. And then I thought it was one person only. And then after that, I realized, oh my God, so many people vape. Right? So it is what it is. I'm not going into that side of the discussion. But I see all of them as the same thing. I see all of them as a pursuit of efficiency of healing. Why you cannot work out two hours, you must do HIIT. Because you got no time to do two hours workout. Your boss going to fire you. You cannot slowly down there gym like the uncle, right? And then they talk about, wow, yesterday at the market. Right? Have you not seen? You go to Active SG, right? You will see it, right? They grew up uncle. They're very fit one, right? And then they're at the barbell all the time, right? And then they will do it like bench press, all that, right? And then they do two, three hours. Then they're very slow. They take their time. They hang out. They talk to their friends. After that, maybe they go copy and go library. They can do two, three hours because they are not working. They don't need to be efficient in their healing process, you know. And, and some would argue that, oh, you know, that is not healing, but whatever, right? Depending, you maybe you are the fitting, the people that, you know, you need to do your workout to heal. And some people, they need to like breathe and heal, you know. And you could do a three-hour long walk around McRitchie, but you cannot. You got no time. So you must go sound healing. Om Kong Wah. <laughs> that kind of shit, you know. You go into the studio, everybody lie down there, and then got someone down there, Kong sound healing 30 minutes later you are supposed to be healed right or even CBD oil or even some of these things that you take into your body all are on the pursuit for efficiency to heal and for clarity's sake I'm not I'm not talking about medical I'm not talking about medical you know but anyway medical healing or the efficient thing that one is a different discussion but I'm talking about like the mental the personal coming to a equilibrium you know Everyone is seeking a shortcut. Everyone is seeking an efficient or a more efficient way to move towards a life or a person or a body or an identity that they can gel with. And all of this is as a result of work. If you don't work, you can do your three-hour walk to Bisham Park, to McRitchie. It's free. Air is free, water is free, you can just walk, right? If you don't work, you can do your three-hour, you know, barbell discussion at Active SG, which is like, what, 150? There's no rush for HIIT, right? If you don't work, you can slowly do your baking half a day, wow. You know, let your mind go into the baking and then take the cake, give your friend, all that. You don't need to do CBD oil, 
Right? If you don't work, you can have tea with your friend, gossip, gossip. You know, you see all the auntie, they are healing, you know. They gossip down there, three of them. And they talk, talk about their, you know, their... <laughs> That their daughter-in-law, you know, the grandkids, Sally's newfound boyfriend, you know, all that jazz, all of them, I would consider them healing, right? It's all trying to go through life's difficulties in different ways. And when you're not working, you don't need to take on the most efficient way to heal. You can take on things that are less efficient and equally effective. They're just less efficient and much cheaper. Some will even argue free. And you know what's interesting? Actually, you will associate with some of these things like with the Tai Tai, the aunties, you know, and the uncles downstairs. Why? Because they're not working. So they adopt these things and it's so clear that these things are beneficial for them, right? And it will be beneficial for you too and for me, right? For all of us, we all need that, right? It's just that when we go to work, we compress our time, we want to maximize our output in everything that we do, right? And sometimes I feel very bad for the people. It's like, oh my God, you come to the gym, you pay so much. Every month you pay Virgin Active, you pay, you know, Pure Fitness so that you can get the Prime Gym in the CBD. I know I sign up for those things and it's like, wow, very nice. You know, it's great, right? But when I sign up for it, I use it a lot and a long hours. And I see all these like people, <laughs> I see these people come in, right? And then they only do lunchtime. They have no time because they work in high intensity environment, right? So they come in, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, they're done, they do a shower and then they go. And, I'm like, wow, crazy, huh? right? But that is the reality of work. And that's the reality of high-income work, especially when you're working in this kind of environment. And I would argue uh, these days, uh, even if you don't work in a very high-income environment, uh, you also expected to perform like that, right? So, so it is what it is. But I think it's something for us to think a little bit about so that we can, you know, once again, rewrite. What do we really need in retirement? Do we really need to do all this? Do we really need to fly in to Bangkok and do a two-day turnaround? Do we need to fly into Hong Kong and just eat a tartan thing for two days and come back? Right? Do we need to go Bali for three days and rush back? Or can we just take our time? Take our time. Right? Because what you have is time when you stop monetizing it. Right? So the cost to healing comes down. And this brings me to my third and final point for today. And that is geographical boundaries. Yes. To me, geographical boundaries are a subset of cost of work, right? Because you want to work in this place, you stay in this place. And to be fair, it may not be the most obvious for Singaporeans, right? Because uh, let's be real, a lot of us, we uh, grew up in a very intense and fast-paced life in Singapore and we have never shifted our way of life, right? So most people never lived in another place. I mean, don't tell me you go like two weeks travel. That's not living, right? Like only a handful of people will have the privilege to go for an exchange in university. Rarely do people move upstate or move out of their kampong to another place, you know, to study and then move to the bigger city to work, change a country to find better job. No, Singaporeans are, are not like that. And so by extension, right? Actually, if you think about it, Singaporeans does have an advantage at the home base, of course, you know? And I would assume everybody else, you know, should have advantage in their own home bases. It'd be quite sad if you don't. But I want to push all of us to think a little bit further, right? Once you're done working here, okay? Once you're done working, you have accumulated your money, you have doubled down and all that, right? Then why you still need to stay here? Especially when jobs these days, some of which allow you to be anywhere, which, you know, I would say the corporatists are not certain yet, 
right? Some of them want to, want you to come back to the office and all that jazz. But I very I will applaud you know our labor movement for trying to push for it more. I would hope that there is more of it, but you hear more and more of that. So that is great, right? Like uh, work from anywhere, you know, a four day work week, you know those kind of things. I think those are great, right? We can have a endless discussion about that another time. But let's be clear: once you're done working, right? Once you're done, you've made your money. Let's say you have you know, work a decade or two decades in and, you know, you've accumulated some money, you ask yourself why you're still here, right? Are you here so that you can continue to accumulate? And it is okay, perfectly fine if you're going to do that, right? But if you don't need to accumulate anymore, then why are you here, right? And I always tell people this thing, right? If you think about it, today you are the manager, you're the boss, you walk into an office, everybody has a few hundred thousand or half a million or close to a million in their bank account, right? What do you need to do? You need to tell them we're changing the world, right? <laughs> you need to tell them we are on a mission. You need to have a big vision to keep these guys working, right? No, why would they work? Right? So objectively ask yourself, a lot of you tuning in, once a year, you, you know, like, like you make decent money, right? I mean, based on our demographic understanding of all of you, I mean, I'm sure it's not everyone, but a lot of you make decent money. Why are you still here? Right? If, you've, if you're done, if you're done, you have enough, you accumulated enough, you feel like, okay, we are good, then can you go somewhere else? Right? Is it out of familiarity that you stay in Singapore? Is it fear of the unknown that's shackling you here? You know, uh, have you tried living in other places? And why is this important? Because the ability, okay, not saying that you definitely need to live in other places, but the ability and willingness for you to uproot and live in another place that is, you know, probably relatively more affordable gives you that nimbleness, right? That I think is so many people struggle with it. In other words, it is objectively recognizing that after working in Singapore, you have this money, right? You can actually go other place. You don't need to be here because we all know it is very expensive to be in Singapore. And by extension, once you don't work, there is no link for this cost anymore. Can you go somewhere else? Right. So maybe try it, you know, spend a few months in different places, rent out your HDB, rent out your condo, you know, pay your mortgage, get a little bit extra, go around with the goal of experiencing a different way of life and not be a tourist, right? You are essentially recreating your life in another space. So give yourself the optics, right? And, and I think, you know, that, that is so important. And let's be honest, right? After collecting two decades of Singapore dollar, right? You do have a lot of capital to live in other parts of the world, right? <laughs> Maybe not in New York or... And to be fair, why would you want to go to New York or London or... I don't know. Why would you want to go to those places, right? You, you, you grow up in a big city. You want to go to another big city that is like even messier and crazier? Right? I don't know. If that's what you want, if, it, if it's all... If you are part of the subculture, go for it, right? But if you're not, is that what you want? So if you're not working, then you don't need to be here. Can you unshackle yourself from that view? Can that factor into your option when it comes to retirement? Right? Is that one of the options in your retirement planning, in your retirement ideas? And also recognizing that, hey, Singapore is expensive, man. If I don't work, then why do I stay here? Right? Can I go somewhere else? And by no means is that anti-nationalistic. Right? If, you know, I'm sure if you have your family here or if you have your house here, you have all these other incentives aligned with the nation, you want the country to do well, right? Don't let people shame you into the idea that, oh, yeah, you pun too, uh, you're leaving the nation, you know, you're leaving Singapore, but I know you're not. You are just maximizing your way of life. And maybe after a few years, a few decades of working in Singapore, yeah, you deserve it, lah. Go and try somewhere else. At the end of the day, I think it's about finding peace in the way that you have chosen.
And if you like Singapore, then okay, great, good on you. If you don't like, hey, maybe there's somewhere else. You don't need to work here. There's no cost of work within the geographical boundary. Go somewhere else. So yeah, with that, I'm going to sum up the three main points around the idea of cost of work. And I hope that you realize that a lot of these costs, they don't need to exist if you stop working, right? So number one is the cost to impress as we've lined up, okay? When you work, you have to impress. And impress in all ways, whether it's outside, inside, every other side, right? You got to impress, right? And if you stop working, you don't really need to impress anymore. And that cost can be line item and factored down and then you can remove them in in your kind of retirement planning, right? The next is the cost to heal, Right, cost to heal is so important, right? And everybody, we do a lot of things to heal, right? Not in the medical sense, but we heal our mental health. We come to, you know, a better equilibrium. We find peace in our lives. And when we don't work, actually, we can use less efficient but equally effective methodologies like long walks, you know, like gossip with friends over one cup of tea, right? There's a lot of other things that you can do that don't require you to spend an you know, an outsized amount of money and that can be line item and also removed from a retirement plan. And of course, the third part is the geographical boundaries, right? When you work, sometimes the work requires you to live here, right? And it does help that Singapore, you know, you're already born and bred here, you got advantage. But once you're done working here, once you're done accumulating, right? And the can you go somewhere else? Is it a social narrative that you're stuck with? Or is it you being fearful of the outside world? Can you go out and see? At the end, it's about finding the life you love, right? And of course, managing your finances as well. So if geography is not an issue, then why are you here? That is a question to ask. So with that, I hope you learned something useful today. See ya! I hope you learned something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the financial coconut. Knowledge is the much more power of interesting when shared, debate, and discuss. Join our community telegram group. Sign up for our email newsletter. We have latest updates on our academy. And yeah, all that good stuff. I hope you learned something useful today. See ya. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Okay, so yeah, I think at the end, I hope you find bliss, lah, right? Because the goal here is to objectively ask ourselves, what are we planning for? What are, where are we going towards, right? If let's say we have a clear goal, a clear path, and it really doesn't require us to have a lot, then why are we working so much, right? Because there is actually a cost to work. And we haven't even talked about things like how it affects your body, Right, in the sense of like the medical front of the body, right? Because you know, you gotta part of impressing maybe is to drink, maybe is to do all these other things. You know, you, you gotta sit for a prolonged period, you cannot do your yoga move, you know. <laughs> 
all that shit lah, right? And, and it's all caused to the physical body, right? And it does have prolonged cause also, right? So there's all that jazz that, that I think it gets a bit too nitty-gritty. We'll talk, not talk about it, but I hope you get a bit more colored to realize that, hey, actually some of these things, right? If I'm not working, I don't need to have it and I don't need to do it here, right? And, and yeah, that's well and good. Next week, we're going to talk a little bit about the soft life, right? And recently, you know, we have been trending on TikTok. And so I've been spending more time looking at the TikTok, right? And uh, scrolling around. And I saw this thing called the soft life. I was like, what the hell is soft life? Right? Then, uh, yeah, that's what you will tune in next week for. Like, I'm not going to tell you, right? So, so can you soft life in Singapore? That will be my take. See you next week. <laughs>